This is Simo, where we help you see more. Hi, I'm Alex Semenzato, and this is a Simo podcast. What's up, everyone? How are you doing? Hope you're having a great day. I hope you've had a fantastic week, whatever you've been up to. Keep on those positive vibes, be productive, be creative, and most importantly, keep on staying motivated. This week, we talk fashion. I speak with John and Fahi of Apollonia Studios, and we discuss how they built their brand. Apollonia Studios, it serves as a contemporary design studio with the intention to create and produce pieces that are, first of all, ethically sourced and have minimal effect on the environment, but also high quality, long lasting, and slot nicely into the wardrobe of those that desire something a little less ordinary. What began with simple graphic t-shirts printed on organic cotton, the brands evolved to outerwear accessories for both men and women. They really put in a lot of research and meticulous attention to detail with the responsible fabric sourcing and building the brand to make it really cut through this market. In this episode, we discuss how to build a fashion brand, why it's important to extend beyond the product and create a holistic approach for your brand, the process of production, the importance of cutting through, how to keep motivated when doing a side hustle alongside your nine till five. It was really interesting to get some insight on these guys and how they've built a brand and, and how they built a community around the product. And yeah, I hope you enjoy listening and see you next week. So I'm here with John and Fahi from Apollonia Studios. What's up, guys? How are you? Not too bad, man. How are you doing? How you doing? Very good. Very good. How's your week been? How's your summer been? Hectic, busy, fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of sunshine. Yeah, summer's been the same, summer's been good. Uh, we just came back from Ibiza a couple of weeks ago, and I know obviously you're going soon. Yeah, we're going next week, but uh, was it your first time? or? It was my first time. I've been a couple of You've times. Been a co- so you showed so him the ropes then? I showed him <laughs> the ropes. And yeah, he was obviously losing his mind when he was out there. I would love to have seen that, to be honest. I mean, I no one needs to see that. Honestly. No, no one needs honestly. to see that, man. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming down today. Uh, really looking forward to this conversation. Um, so let's get straight into it with some icebreakers. Amazing. Chrome or matte? Matte. Every time. What music are you listening to right now? Um, personally, I'm listening to... Uh, what am I actually listening to? That's a good question, actually. Um, Sir, he's on Kendrick Lamar's label. Okay. He dropped a new album the other day. Phenomenal album. I don't know why, but I'm listening to a lot of Kehlani. Um, really odd. It's the middle. Sick, man. Yeah, no, she's good, but it's like she's not released anything. Uh, I'm just randomly listening to her. So yeah, that's, that's what, good. Yeah, nice. And what what do you think? Of, what's your main like? Is it Spotify you guys use, or because I think for me, I think the most genius thing about Spotify is the Discover Weekly. I love that to find new music. Yeah. So. I'm I'm a bit of both. So I use Apple Music for music, but I use Spotify for podcasts. Wait, you have Spotify? Yeah, so I, so I use two different things for two different things. Why don't you follow my Spotify? Who? Me? You? Yeah. What? That's <laughs> whack, bro. <laughs> that's that's hella whack. <laughs> We've been friends for a long time, and now I realise you have Spotify. And you don't follow me. I don't know what to say. <laughs> coming out of the podcast, man. Yeah. Um, palm trees or flowers? Palm trees. Flowers for me. Nice. Yeah, I'm a palm tree guy. 
I've got a tattoo of Palm Trees. <laughs> yeah, um, best city for work and best city for a weekend trip. Best city for work for me, as in I'm going to say London, 100%. Yeah. Uh, weekend trip, best city, Barcelona. I, I literally agree with both of them answers, yeah. Nice. Snap. Yeah. <laughs> Shirt or a t-shirt? T-shirt. Every time. Are you a, are you a, an arm roll up the sleeve person or yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah man it's a real art trying to roll up your sleeve to be like a perfection yeah you get somebody get some Pete you go out you see some guy in the corner like, like redoing really it. it not to see yeah, but he's like trying to do it, do it his mum slipped a little safety pin in there yeah. you know <laughs> all right you're gonna sail around the world what's the name of your boat hmm that's a good question um. Big Shaz. Why? Just Big Shaz sounds you sick. He doesn't have to say why. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, 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 I'm really intrigued. I'm going to go with Boat Apollonia. Boat Apollonia. There you go. Oh, that's good. Oh. I like that. Okay, so my new favorite question, and you're only allowed to use one flavor, but it's describe your personality in an ice cream flavor. Oh, man. Wow. Don't read don't be too deep, just what comes to your mind. I mean naturally it'll probably be your favourite flavour. Wait, hold on a minute. Can I ask another question about this, the specifics of this? Yeah, go for it. Uh does it have to be like a 99p flake whip situation? No, no, like, like like a gelata gelateria. So you've got like loads of flavours. What 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 Ooh. scoop of ice cream are you gonna describe your personality? Alright, I'm I'm gonna go with mint. But I don't go for mint. When no, I that's take okay. Ice cream, you don't have to yeah. like your own person. Just let you know that that, that is what I, that's what I'm thinking of. So yeah, uh, I'm going to be basing say chocolate man. Okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah, we've had we've had a few a few interesting ones. We had vanilla bean because it's like a bit more than normal vanilla, vanilla I guess. And pistachio, it's kind of unique oh, and rare. Yeah, and see, I'm not sure about pistachio as a flavour. Orange nuts. Yeah, but I can have pistachio for some reason. What? Oh, I know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Last icebreaker question. Uh, just a quick fun fact about you individually. Quick fun fact about me. That's a good question. Um, can I come back to that? Yeah, right. do you want to answer? Um, I was part of the MOBO committee in 2013. That's pretty cool. There you go. Ah, oh, fun, fun facts about myself. Uh, I once wrote an article for the Oxford University student magazine. Very nice. Yeah. I don't know what, what was it about? Like Sudoku or something? Or? <laughs> Man, I'm not that smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was about, they were asking my opinion. This was like ages ago. It was like 2013, 14. Uh, there was my opinion on like fashion and creativity. Uh, it was actually, I need to find that. I've got the physical copy somewhere as well, actually. Yeah. Awesome. Now we're here. The SEMA podcast is all about, you know, featuring up and coming creatives and established creatives and industry leaders and, and love kind of, kind of getting the ins and outs of, of people and what they're doing and hearing about their journey. So Apollona Studios, tell us about it. What is the concept? John, you go first. I mean, it's your brainchild. It is my brainchild. Yeah. Um, what is the concept of Lone Studios? Abalone Studios is, I think, it, first of all, I think I'll go way, way back. Um, it was before this whole t-shirt hype and this whole, I have a brand, I want to put it out there. So I think what I saw around Bedford, where, where we both grew up, is that everyone was wearing like that top man reality shirt. Do you know what I'm on about? 
Yeah. It was her with the red hair and every guy had this and you all had the top man round t-shirt and like chinos. It was like a carbon copy look for everyone. And both Fahi and I, we're, we're quite into fashion, we're quite individual people and we, we quite like to have things that are very unique to our personality in terms of whether that's, that's shoes, whether that's, that's t-shirts, accessories, whatever. And we noticed everyone was this cutout copy. So we decided to kind of have a brand that represented who we are and was really unique to to kind of um, our personalities. So I think I've personally wanted to to have something that spoke volumes about where I wanted to go and what I wanted to achieve. And the vehicle for that would be clothing. And so then I remember I, um, I started designing, this was before I told Fire about Polonia, I started designing all these like really garish and horrible like t-shirt designs and then I went to Fahi and I said right cool this is Apollonia this is exactly what I want to do and this man did not hold any punches back he tore my concept to shreds like literally I thought I wanted to cry I thought I wanted to go home and have the hottest nap of all time (laughs) but he I think I needed that I needed someone to really be like right this is the reality of what you can achieve with your concept and this is where you could take it if you follow these exact steps so I went back and I formulated this amazing plan and built this gorgeous story of what the brand could be and I made even better designs. I think him ripping me to shreds really kind of allowed me to elevate my taste level and my creativity. So I came back with this amazing proposal and he was like, right, I want to I want to get involved. I want to get on board. And there is a third person in the Apollonia team, Matt, who's like an amazing graphic designer and handles our production and everything. And so him and I had been working on some stuff prior to that. And then so Matt came on board to handle the graphics and yeah, we kind of just went from there really. Yeah. And what, and so I mean, obviously you're great friends from home. So I mean, John, you have a fashion background. So mm. I mean, what I'm trying to get to, like, you know, you just mentioned it there. It's great, you know, three kind of founding people in the team, each playing to each other's strengths. So I guess you know, what what is your background and like, how come it, it's fashion? Des- is it fashion design or? Uh, well, I can start back again. Um, I went to art school in Kent, and I studied fashion design. And after that, I did about six months at Northumbria University doing fashion communication. And then moved down to London and I got an internship uh, working for London Fashion Week. And I did that for a couple of months. And then I did PR. And then after that, I, I don't know, PR wasn't really for me. It's like the dark arts. I wasn't really about it. So then I left that and I came back home to my parents' house in Bedford. And there was a Debenhams that was opening up there. And they were looking for a, a visual assistant. I had no idea what visual assistant was. I was like, is that to do with TV? Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm working for Sky. I don't know. So I applied and it, it turns out obviously visual assistant is about how you make the, the store look and feel uh, in an attractive way for the customer to come in and to buy all these amazing products, whatever. So I did the visual assistant role for about two years. And then I did a course at the Fashion Retail Academy, which is not far from here, actually. And then after that, I got an internship at Louis Vuitton. So I was there for about two and a half years. And in then, no, in London, oh, wow. actually. Uh, so it was looking after New York, not, that's a lie, not New York, uh, after London, uh, sorry, after the whole of the UK, Ireland and South Africa. And I think coming into luxury for the first time, that really opened my eyes up into just how much you can raise a taste level. I think going from Debenhams, which is like your high street, like your everyday, and then going to LV, which I think is like the cream of the crop yeah. in terms of luxury. 
I think that sparked something in my brain and that really helped me with Apollonia because it allowed me to look at different design aspects and, and new textures and new colors and new ways of producing things. And so when I was at LV, we would, uh, I was looking after um, the windows, window displays and like in-store displays. And I was working on insane projects that I think most people wouldn't even have the chance to kind of get close to. And I think that really not only developed my design skills, in my personal skills as well, that's what it developed, and how to communicate ideas and how to take feedback. And then now, currently, I'm at Alexander McQueen, which is my nine-to-five, and I've been there for about two and a half years. And McQueen is, I mean, I can't say enough, McQueen is, like, it's McQueen, do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to go any further into that. And my role at McQueen now is I work in corporate identity, so any way that you visually perceive the brand is what I do. So it's it's windows, it's pop-ups, it's dinners, it's events, it's, it's everything. Oh, wow. okay. And I think now I'm at that level now where I think I'm like, wow, like my taste now is sick. Yeah. But obviously you can always you can always do better. You can always be be more. But now I'm really learning so so much. I can't even put it into words. Well, that makes sense then. So then, based off all that experience, I guess from that kind of being the visual identity person putting mm. that into creating a concept for a brand yeah i mean for you was it always like why now why why now for for, for creating a brand was it just because you you just felt that now was the right time or um you know had you not um, why didn't you do it four years ago because uh, i has been running for what two two three years now two and a half years yeah about two and a half years so it's always been a process it's always been something that's been in the back of my mind and i think apollonia is a great creative outlet for myself so I think working with these amazing brands, yeah, it's great, but I think you're translating someone else's vision. It's it's not yours whatsoever. Yeah. And it's, as a creative for myself, I need to be able to express myself. And, okay, yes, I'm doing, I don't know, phenomenal pop-up with Bird of Goodman's, but it's it's not mine. So I think with having Apollonia, it gives me that chance to be like, right, I can design this really dope T-shirt, I can design this amazing jacket, and this is my baby, this is, this is completely and utterly my process. So I think it's all about the right timing. I didn't want to rush Apollonia whatsoever in the beginning. And I really wanted to get the right people on. Because obviously we both have really good things that we're, sorry, really strong personalities and strong creative mindsets. But I think we just vibe so well, all of us, all three. Like it's very organic, it's very natural. Yeah. So um, so on that, Fahi, I mean, what made you excited about Apollonia and, and where do you come in? Yeah, so my background is in marketing. Um, it's 100% been marketing. So at uni, I studied multimedia. Um, so multimedia is actually a art and design course. So um, there's a lot of designing involved, a lot of videography and all that stuff. But I realized whilst I was doing that, that I really liked marketing and social media was slowly propping up back then. So this was... 2009, 2010 times. Um, so I knew that, you know, social media is the next big thing in marketing. There's not really a stronghold there currently. And that's kind of a good place to start off my career if I want to get into marketing. Um, so whilst I was studying multimedia, I started doing internships. So I did some work for Paul Smith. Um, so I worked at the fashion house for a month and did some marketing for them. I've always been intrigued with like fashion and all that stuff. I've always dressed a particular way. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my entry into marketing. And then I randomly like steered off and started writing for um, MTV. So I did, a, I did like quite a lot of music blogging, music writing. And then I was given an opportunity to handle the social media accounts. And then from there, that's when my love for social media really started. Um, 
massive engagements, obviously getting businesses to trend, getting MTV to trend quite a few times. I used to work for a blog called Pardon My Blog. I got them to trend as well. Um, worked on campaigns with like Lynx and Puma. So I was kind of getting into that side of things where I would go to these events, see see these concepts and see these ideas and these campaigns. And I really enjoyed it. I like to see how different businesses worked when they did these campaigns. So that's kind kind of how I built up my marketing expertise and stuff. Um, so yeah, in terms of how I got involved, I've always been quite opinionated with fashion. I've always been opinionated with what my friends wear. If they're not wearing something correctly, if the fit's incorrect, I, I tell them like, why are you wearing it like that? I've always been opinionated, even if no one's asking me, I've always said it. Um, and what I always found was, me and John particularly, whenever we'd go out or just in general, people would always ask, oh, where did you get that from? Where did you get that from? Because we didn't used to shop in the high street. We'd always be on like the most random online websites, finding clothes that no one else could find because we weren't fans of going out and seeing everyone in the same Rihanna t-shirt. We didn't yeah. want to be that person. Um, so I always found that people thought my dress sense was cool and I always found that intriguing. I was like, oh, okay, clearly I'm doing something right in the way I dress and the type of clothes I like. But then what I started finding was when Instagram came up in like 2012, 2013 times, there'd be a lot of new brands advertising, a lot of British brands advertising. And the concept, the designs would be really cool. And I'd, and I'd purchase the clothing, but the quality would be so bad. And I'd like, for, in my opinion, I really didn't enjoy it. And I'd just be like, I can do this better. But it got to a point where I kept complaining about clothes. And then John one day was like, well, if you think you can do it better, why don't you do it better then? Why, like, what's stopping you from doing it? And then we had like initial discussions. This is even before Apollonia. We had discussions about another type of brand, a t-shirt brand. And then we spoke about it. We had like a meeting with another friend, um, but then nothing came of it. But John was uh, working on Apollonia in the background. And this was a concept of his for like a good year before he kind of, you know, really brought it to the forefront, brought it to me and everything. Um, and then I thought about it and I, and I just kept seeing all these brands coming up on Instagram and the UK and I'd, I'd always give independent brands a chance um, and I just felt like we could do something much better so just just based on that I just thought you know what let's give it a go what, we worked on the concept and we just went from there that's sick I really really like that story um, so with with Apollonia I mean it's not, I guess, named after the DJs. Where does the where does the Apollonia name come from? Uh, <laughs> Are you and don't tell me the story on the website is true. No, no, it is. Oh my god! No, Alex, no, it's a true right, story. So you have, can you do you remember this? Well, of course I, I, you can. I mean, it, it's, yeah. So tell, tell yeah. the story to this because this, oh, this is you tired to hear this story. This is ridiculous. <laughs> it's a joke. Story. I mean, every, everyone loves it, but <laughs> it's, it's a true story. story. So um, yeah, yeah, John, please go uh, ahead. Man, I think. Where do I, yeah, let's start the story again. Um, so I was studying at, um, at the Fashion Retail Academy and uh, I met this girl on, on the course and she was stunning, man. She had like dark hair, uh, pale skin and like these beautiful, like full red lips. And obviously I tried to move to her on the course and she was like, I'm really sorry, I've got a boyfriend. So I was like, oh, do you know what, I'll back off. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's cool. I'll respect your boundaries. You have a boyfriend, let me just back off. So then uh, we had a Christmas break and then she came back after Christmas break and she was like, I know you're trying to flex on me before I broke up with my boyfriend. Do you want to go on a date? <laughs> and obviously I'm like, oh yeah, of course I want to date with you. Are you crazy? So then we went, we went on this date and it was this gorgeous date. We went to this pub in, in Soho 
And it was like, it was some point in winter, I think it was like in January or whatever. And it happened, so we walked into this pub, uh, it's called The Lyric in Show, Show, Soho. And we walked in and the ground floor was like absolutely rammed and packed. So we went upstairs and it happened like there was no one there. It was gorgeous, like there was like a, a fire in the background and it was completely and utterly empty. And she said to me, like, I'm going to give you two choices here. Uh, I can either be your girl and we can be together or we can have sex once and that's it, it's a wrap. So I'm like, have you seen how sexy you are? Of course I want you to be my girl. Like, this is insane. <laughs> so then uh, we had a second proper date. And I don't know how I managed to do this. I managed to pull all this money together to book like this penthouse apartment, this Marlin Apartments in London Bridge, like overlooking the Thames. And uh, it was super gorgeous. And so we're in the balcony and we were smoking something, a funny cigarette on the balcony. And the sun was setting and it was really gorgeous. And she was like flicking her hair. It was almost slow motion for me because I was super high <laughs> oh at this God. point. And then uh, when Doves Cry uh, by Prince comes onto the speakers. So I look at her and I'm like, you are so beautiful. Do you know who you look like? So she turns around at me and she like flicks her hair in this super seductive way. And then she pauses and she goes, um... Um, who's Prince? Because I said to her, you look like Pur- uh, you look Apollonia, yeah. who is Prince's girlfriend from Purple Rain. And then she was like, yeah, who's Prince? And I think at the time I was like, am I okay? Like, <laughs> am, am, I, am I all right? In my big head, like, am I okay that this girl doesn't know who Prince is? So then following um, that encounter with this girl, we went out for a bit and then the name of the brand peeled off that story. But she has no idea that this is about her. Well, now she does. Yeah, if she listens to Simo's podcast, <laughs> yeah. she's going to know it's about her. Wow. I mean, whoever's listening to this, I mean, what, like second date, hire a penthouse for them? Like, that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> um, that's how John does it. <laughs> Man, I think I asked you to borrow it, like, lend me money. Yeah, for that I, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, she was sexy, man. I had to do it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, That's crazy. But that's a good story, though. I like it. I read that online. I'm like, what? Yeah, what no one, no on? one ever believes that story, but it genuinely is a true story. So, so talk to me through the branding because it's um, it's pretty cool. Tell me about the process and creating that brand. Tell me about the Instagram, the vision. Um, it's got a bit of a retro feel to it, but but yeah, why don't you give us a bit bit of the lowdown on the brand? I think it started from the logo, really. Uh, I looked at this is before obviously I brought the concept to, to Matt and Fai. And I looked at loads of, I mean, I'm not joking, I think I looked at about a thousand different variations of this logo and I wanted something that would embody, um, I think a kind of, I mean, I was heavily inspired by like 90s Americana and I grew up watching loads of American TV shows and like listening to loads of American music because my cousin was like a huge fan of like American hip hop and my parents loved American TV. So I think that was always in the back of my mind. So I think I wanted to, to capture that in terms of the logo. So the actual Apollonia from the logo itself has this like sporty sort of retro Miami Vice sort of vibe to it. And the studios is really quite bold. And I think that counteracts um, the sportiness of it really quite well. And whenever I showed the logo to people for the first time, it says it looks familiar. I feel like I've seen it before somewhere. I think that's what I want to represent with the logo in it. You want that familiarity. I think I've seen logos before and I'm like, that's really garish as hell. And I wish I'd never seen that before. But the reaction from the logo from everyone is always really positive. It's kind of like a Apocalypse Now-esque in a way. Mm. Smart man. That's mm. reference. Is it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, mm. I thought so. Um, but in terms of, so you talked about the logo, but then in, in, in product itself, you know, what is kind of the, 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 the creative process in, in terms of the prints and the colors and stuff that you're using? Like, what is the kind of, that kind of brand identity that you're trying to convey? 
Yeah, so like we, we kind of work at we work on different campaigns in different ways and we always have inspiration for each campaign that we do. So each quarter we'll release a new line of clothing, a new collection, and um it'll be inspired by something. So it could be a location, it could be a time and time of event. And we just kind of go from there and we pick out colours from that location or from that place or that picture and we'd kind of create our palette from there. Um and that's basically how we do it. And we've always been quite daring in the way we go with things. We love using like fuchsia pink, fuchsia blue. Um, we, we've introduced purple now. There's loads of different colors that we're going for. And it's just because we, we want to stand out. So we offer the option of having your conservative colors, your blues, your, your blacks, your grays. But we also go for the dairyish look as well. So, you know, if you want to turn it up a notch... There you go. Here's your purple. Here's your Darish purple. Here's your fuchsia pink, and just go from there. And how are you um, kind of building that that brand? You know, I see that obviously you've got Twitter and Facebook and stuff, but the the Instagram's doing pretty well with nearly yeah. like twelve thousand followers. Yeah. Uh, and I love the kind of the content. Like, is that is that Matt who's kind of creating some of those more collagey effects? Yeah. It, like, it's, how how have you grown? I mean, obviously that's your specialty. Like, yeah. Talk, like, how how have you grown that? And, yeah. So in in terms of okay, so in terms of social media. Um, I was self-employed for two and a half years. Um, so when I officially decided to join Apollonia and like, you know, start it up properly, um, it was at a time, my, time and place in my career when I wanted to go self-employed and kind of do some contracting work for a bit and just work on my own, like, you know, projects. So, you know, when you, when you let a job go for a bit, you know, you'll be at home and then you think you're going to be productive straight away. But, you know, you just want to rest and relax. And I had like a month where it was like June and I just wanted to like chill at home, go out and about. But I had all that time to engage on social media. So what I did with the Apollonia account was build it up. And what I would do is post concepts that I really liked, um, fashion brands that I really liked. And just went from there and engage with anyone and everyone. And I mean, I would be on Instagram about 10 hours a day. Like it was nonstop. To the point I'd have to charge my phone like three times a day. <laughs> it was it was massive. But within a two or three month period, I think I got it to like 5,000, 6,000 followers just by posting, you know, engaging content, um, you know, just things that inspire us, brands that inspire us, um, new drops and just conversing with other people when they would like our posts. Um, so that's kind of how I built up the audience. And obviously, as time's gone on, obviously, you've seen how everything that we release we kind of drop it in a different way yeah and our like feed has kind of evolved if that makes sense so with with the editorial aspect so like you know i think the recent the hoodie drop you know it's pretty cool like who's doing the creative direction behind that is it is it just kind of your concept john or is it just you know, together as a team or you know getting the models going down to different locations i think that one is around like a market kind mm -hmm. of vibe um Who's come up with that kind of editorial creative? Uh, so we have actually an amazing PR team uh, called PAPR. Shout out Public Ambition, like doing bits out here for us. And so whenever we, obviously we decide this is the collection, this is exactly what we want to drop, we'd sit down with them and say, okay, cool, this is, this is the feel that we want to achieve. And they'll be like, okay, cool, if this is what you want to achieve, we would suggest these models and this photographer who really marries the two concepts together. And then I'll go back and be like, okay, cool, right. So this is what I can work with, so I can work up here. And then I'll create like a beautiful mood board and some concepts, some sketches, and then then we'll shoot. So the, the hoodie one was actually shot near where I live. And we had an amazing model uh, called Miles and we had an amazing photographer, uh, Quincy, 
who weirdly enough, I think before he shot our campaign, he was in Rihanna's house shooting her, which I think is like really dope how we managed to get him. Sounds pretty good. Of the <laughs> like, you, really... you got the right guy. Yeah. So if anyone wants to know where she lives, she actually lives in North London. Uh, I can actually <laughs> confirm that. She lives in North London. Um, so no, the shoots are really like, it's, it's really organic. It's really like super chilled and it's never forced. We're never like, we want you to do this or we want you to look in a certain way. I really like everyone to feel comfortable on the shoots. I think in the shoots where people look really comfortable and relaxed, they come out the best most of the time. And if you look back at our early images from our Instagram, you find like the aesthetic has just like grown and grown and grown. It's a point now I think is really quite tasteful. I think the, the last shoot that we did with the hoodies and with the women's were introduced, I think it's the best shoot we've ever done. Genuinely, just in terms of like the overall team and, and the talent we work with, I think it was great. And in terms of the way everything looks, um, obviously we have an idea of how we want to shoot things, but with every photo shoot, you'll get pictures that you just didn't plan for that are amazing. Um, so we're always open-minded in terms of the editing process. So when we see images that we didn't particularly plan for, but have come through and they look really cool, we always think about how we can incorporate them into our campaigns as well. Nice. And are you guys collaborating with many people? Is, is collaboration important for you? Yeah. So um, one thing I really wanted to do with Apollonia was make sure we collaborate with, you know, like-minded individuals, like-minded brands, artists. So um, we've worked on, we've worked on, we've worked with brands, sorry, we've worked with... Craig David. We've worked with Craig David. We've yeah. worked with Rapman, who's got a film coming out next month. Um, so he's known for Shiro's story on YouTube. He's had like millions of hits. Um, we, we've worked on a jacket with notes, um, dirty hit records, dirty hit records. We've worked with them on merchandise as well. So that's something we've done quite a bit and we're really open to currently working with an up and coming author called Nana Kofi, um, who's released a book and we're working on merchandise for him. So he came to us with a concept of what he wanted to achieve with his book and his merchandise. And we kind of put it to paper and made it work. So is it more like, is it a capsule collection with Apollonia or is it kind of you white labeling your production and kind of design capabilities and helping someone create their own brand using your... It's, it's you a bit, it, it purely depends on what they need. So for example, Nana would, Nana the author, he, he kind of needs a spot on the website to sell his merchandise. So it's kind of a collaboration with Apollonia Studios where we actually sell his merchandise for him. I mean, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, with other people like Dirty Hit Records, they've obviously got their own ways of doing their merchandise and selling their merchandise at events and stuff like that. So it'd be a case of us creating the merchandise for it, for them and then giving it to them. So let's talk a bit about that. It's a nice segue um, in terms of production, you know, going back to what you were saying at the beginning, John, like, you know, it is about the quality. It is about kind of finding the right materials and, and things like that. So, um yeah, what is your production process like? How did you how did you find out who to, who to use and and how to get the product? Man, honestly, when we first we did the first T-shirt we put out, we looked at probably about I want to say close to a hundred T-shirts until we decided on one that was that was right for us. Because to be honest with you, I think having that responsibility of putting your your name on something, putting out saying I want you to buy this, I would expect you to be selling with the best possible product at an amazing price and as good quality. So the thing with our t-shirts and with all the materials that we have anyway, we only use organic cotton and all the materials are completely and utterly sustainable, which I think is very important now. It's quite a hot topic yeah, uh, for, for loads of brands. So that is our, that's our selling point. We don't use anything that we don't believe in 100%. Um, and I think we're, we're actually developing something new. We're developing some, some tracksuits uh, recently, actually. And we're developing tracksuits in collaboration with a recent graduate. So it's not only about us using the best possible materials, po the best possible materials. 
It's also about nurturing new talent as well. So I think we want to get more into that as well. So we want to go into schools and we want to do collaborations with universities. And I think we really just want to bring other talents to the foreground as well, because it's all well and good that we're, we're popping, but we can't really forget about other people that also need a platform to showcase their work as well. And we've uh, worked with, um, remember DP, the artist? Yeah, worked DP, with yeah. this amazing, phenomenal illustrator called DP to create these fantastic prints that we did a couple of years ago for uh, initiative to raise money for Grenfell. Actually, nice. so we're selling these amazing, amazing prints. So I think that's something we would really like to get uh, more involved in. But in terms of production, I think that's something um, Matt is really, really like hot on in terms of production. He is like, what do we call Matt? The surgeon. You call him the surgeon. Matt yeah. is the surgeon. <laughs> Matt is like the most precise, precise human being. Um, so he actually hand produces everything. Yeah. He? So I'd say about 90% of the goods he makes himself. Um, because we've got the capabilities of doing it ourselves. So from the weeding process of actually creating the prints mm. to actually printing it on, like most of it we do ourselves. Where it's like embroidery or stuff like that, obviously we don't have the capabilities of doing that. So we then have to use a supplier that we can trust. Um, but in general, the majority of stuff that we create, we actually make ourselves with our own hands. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But I guess you're getting, I mean, you're, you're so you, but you're getting the like the the hood, you're getting like stock product and then you're putting the designs on them or yeah. So we work with a supplier um, who are called Stanley Stella. Um, they're ethically, they're, everything's ethically sourced from Bangladesh. Um, so I'm actually from Bangladesh. So yeah, they they make all their garments from Bangladesh, ethically sourced. Everyone's paid a fair wage as well, which is super important to me. Um, because obviously we've seen some of the tragedies that have happened in Bangladesh in the yeah. past. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of who we source in terms of our organic cotton. Um, that's kind of how we've always done it. How would you how would you say um, this kind of entrepreneurship path has been? I mean, what have been some of kind of the challenges that you've overcome? It's hard, man. Like it's really hard. I think what I found personally is you believe in your product more than anything else. You think it's the best product in the absolute world. But I think what is really difficult is trying to get people around that idea as well to buy into your products because you you have a dream, don't you? You have a dream of where your product is now and where you want to be with the brand. So I think one of the most difficult things as well has also been trying to trying to have ideas that not only make sense now, trend wise, but also have the longevity to be like I don't know in three, four, five years you can bring out say I've got this Apple T-shirt that I bought five years ago and it still bangs. The design is. Do you know what I mean, it's still a timeless kind of kind of thing, and I wouldn't I wouldn't say trying to stay like massively in line with everyone else because I think we're quite very unique. I know everyone says that about their brand, but I think we're super unique in in what we, we put out. But yeah, I think you're trying to get people on board to buy stuff. Mm, yes, I feel like it wouldn't. <laughs> I would have found the biggest challenge being research and development of actual making clothes, like. You know, when you come up with a concept of like creating a brand, you, you truly cannot plan for the amount of variations you make of a particular design. Now, we're, you got to also bear in mind, we've got three different designers in the team. Um, we three different opinions. So in terms of the way we wear our clothes, completely different. I, I have a particular style of fit. John has a particular style of fit. He likes particular colors. I like particular colors. I, I'm, I'm a stifler for quality. I'm constantly, any, even a speck of dust will put me off. So the, uh, that would probably be one of the drawbacks of actually creating a brand and an eye-opener is the amount of research and development it goes into creating something. And if you really care about a brand and you really want to make it work, 
it takes a lot of research and development. Like we we would have spent a lot of money at the start. Like John was saying about the hundred t-shirts for the first design. It genuinely was so many different t-shirts we tried out to work out what goes best with the print, what goes best with a wash, what goes best in the summer. We we literally tried it out for ages to work out what is best. Um so yeah, that's that's what I would say. And um so I, mean, I guess it goes on on onto that point. Like in, innovation is a bit of a buzzword, but I guess when it's done right, it can mean a lot. So, are you innovating, and and if so, how? I mean, you talked about kind of the the, the organic um, cotton and the and the ethical element to the brand, but like in terms of you know the innovation in the brand, like what what are you guys looking to to achieve? Again, how you were talking about um, bringing up and coming artists through and yeah. um, helping them out. That's kind of what I, we really want to start achieving. Yeah. So what we what we aim to do was establish the brand first, mm-hmm. get a stronghold in where people know of Apollonia Studios. And now is where we start introducing new, new you know, designers, help them bring their designs to life and go from there. And that's how I think we can innovate in what we're currently doing. Because you can't tell me of a clothing brand that's well known that is bringing through artists and giving them a platform to work from. Yeah, so that's, that's a big thing then, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Build, building the, the brand is not just the product. It's also kind of the ethos around it and 100%. like everything that you touch, whether it's the, the social, you know, parties that you put on or the, you know, the store and then, and then, you know, creating something more than that. This kind of nice storytelling around you bringing up and coming designers to, to, to kind of have their own product which is pretty cool exactly and obviously in the UK now it's getting harder and harder to find opportunities um, so if we can help people out if we, if we can work with designers work with art students to kind of bring their ideas to life then we're more than happy to do it and that's kind of how I think we can innovate in the industry so one of the products uh, which is pretty cool is the football tops where did that idea come from <laughs> okay so <coughs> uh, alright so that. <laughs> So this was like, I'd say probably last January, uh, um, whilst I was self-employed, I, I couldn't sleep. Um, <laughs> like literally, it was like 3 a.m. and I just sat there and I just randomly started thinking about retro football tops. And I was like, it'd be so cool if I could create our own like retro football top. And then I just sat there on my laptop and just started designing retro football tops. And then I sent John and Matt, so we have a WhatsApp group, What's the new WhatsApp group? Um, Real G's Wear T's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Best name ever. So um, at like 4am, I just sent them like loads of different designs. I was like, guys, I couldn't sleep. I can't, I've come up with a really cool idea. I really think we should do it. And I just sent them loads of different designs. And they're like, what is this? And I was like, we should come up with our own concept of a football brand and release it for the summer and come up with some darish colours and just go for it. And then they looked at the designs and they're like, you know what? These are really cool. <laughs> and I was like... I'm telling you, like I've been thinking about this for ages. I couldn't sleep. I had to do it. Um, and then what I did, I kind of did like some like research and kind of showed these designs to people. Just be like, oh, you know, I just I didn't want to bring too much into it. But I was like, oh, you know, I was just sketching. What do you think of this? And they were like, oh, that's really cool. Like I had positive feedback from everyone. I was like, you know, I'm never going to release it, but you know, I just kind of started drawing. And what do you think? And everyone really liked it. And that's when I knew, you know, what we're kind of onto something. And then that's just how we did it. We just came up with a concept of Apollonia FC and created a club crest. Yeah. And then, and then started bringing out our home jerseys, away jerseys, and literally they sold out Crazy. straight away. It, yeah. it was unbelievable. Like, wow, people really want custom football jerseys, J- just a concept club, and people loved it. Because that's the thing, yeah, concept clubs, it's like so on trend. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, I think yeah. It's, and it's creating kind of that 
yeah, that kind of like story around this kind of custom club or like it's like that retro feel. It's pretty cool. Exactly. And it's kind of like our first foray into like sportswear. So it was kind of like the perfect introduction. Um, and then it just enables us later on down the line where we can start bringing that gym wear and stuff like that, training kits. That's kind of where we really want to go down as well. Um, but I think Apollonia FC as a concept was a great introduction to doing that. And f- yeah, so from from like a like a product vision perspective, I mean, there's like you had, you've got lots of different kind of things. You know, they had um, qu- quite a few Asian influences as well. Um, you know, is it just... As and when you see something or you get inspired, you then create the concept. Like, how, how does it? How does that in, in inspiration to concept to paper work for you guys? Is it just? I mean, we you, know, you putting ideas together all the time and then collectively yeah. figure out which should be the next one. Yeah, exactly. Like we've probably got a collection of about seventeen different concepts right now, and mm. um, that we can just jump into. Um, like we've we've kind of got the next three years planned out. But obviously, you know, with fashion, everything changes. Yeah. Um, but in terms of if we had to prepare for the next three years. We've got like 17 different concepts ready to go. Um, but yeah, in terms of the way we do it, it's like we all have different different styles and different mm-hmm. ideas and we'll just come up with concepts and literally just drop it into the chat and just go from there. And then if John will drop something, I'll be like, why don't you do this? Why don't you tweak this? Why don't you tweak that? And then that's just how we build up concepts. And then just from there. And then how long does it take from from this concept's ready to go to actually getting the final product? Um, in terms of actually releasing it to the consumer yeah. or for a, te- for a test run? Both. Uh, so, sometimes 12 to 18 months. Yeah. So the, our next release in... But if you're doing it in-house, can you not just make the hoodie tomorrow? Or Yeah, you... no, no, of course we can. Um, but it's the case of when do we release it? Yeah, but I'm saying in terms of like you, you oh, create okay. a concept cool, and then cool. you want to get the, the product, how long? Two days. Okay. So Craig David, we created a jacket for him within 24, 48 hours. Insane, yeah, literally oh, 48 wow. hours. We, we had a brief of, you know, can you create a jacket for Craig David for a music video? And um, we want this, 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 and this type of color. We created it. We created a design, got the approval, got the print made, got the jacket, made it, delivered it all within two days. That's um, a pretty cool opportunity. How did you get that? They approached us. Like, yeah, via Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Instagram. his stylist, um, Alexis Sky. Yeah, Alexis Sky was his stylist at the time. I don't know if she is right now, but um, she she DM'd us on Instagram. She was like, oh, I really like your stuff. Um, I want to talk to you about an opportunity. You can have your email address. Obviously gave her our email address. And then we just went from there. She was like, you know, um, Craig Davis is looking for a jacket this particular style do you think you guys can create something for us and of course we were like yeah 100 percent um so yeah literally the moment we got that brief we started working on it that evening came up with the with, with the design yeah. and then the next day matt got it made and then yeah so so really and truly in answer to your question we can do it within 36 to 48 hours and then with with like so you said okay you know you're planning out the, the different capsule jobs is it is it like four t-shirts? Is it six hoodies? Is it, you know, just, you're going to do top and bottom? Like, how do you, you know, what would be the drop? Like, is it just an, an, an evolving process? It's an evolving process. Yeah. And it also de- depends on demand as well. So obviously as time's gone on, the brand's gone bigger. So we've had to release a lot more variation. Um, so obviously as, as you've seen in October, you'll see a lot more than you've seen this summer. Um, and it's just going to continue to go down that. And are you pre-ordering yeah. those levels or are you, is it like um, or you like make against orders? It, it depends on what it is. Um, for certain items of clothing, we have to pre-order to those levels and get it made there and then for it to be cost effective. Yeah. Um, but certain items where it's quite bespoke and custom, um, we, we make it to order. 
So yeah, it, it's it's a bit of both depending on what it is. And in terms of the marketing of the brand, you know, what would you say the the, the main ways you're you're kind of getting getting the exposure for the brand? Uh, you know, it's ultimately for people to grow your consumer base. And yeah, so I would say we can do a lot more. Um, but from what we're doing currently, I would say eighty percent of our customer base is from Instagram. Um, in terms of what it shows on Shopify and everything like that. Are you doing sponsored ads and stuff or is it just uh, organic through it's the all, following that It's, all, it's organic. That's good. It's organic. So what we really want to do is now go into the sponsored market. Like obviously, we've been doing well with the organic, yeah. but imagine what we can do with sponsored posts. Um, so right now, it's Instagram and Twitter where we're getting most of our returns back from. Um, but the aim is to you know, now start boosting posts, sponsoring content, um, do more influencer strategy stuff as well and just go from there. Nice. That's really cool. What what do you think is the growth strategy then for you guys? You know, beyond the marketing, like you know, you said you've got the next three years planned out. What does that look like? I think it's the most important thing at this point is more visibility. I think I think we have an to be honest with you, we have. Does the PR team are you doing like editorials and stuff or not so much at the moment? Like I personally I don't think we're quite ready yeah, for us gonna, to jump into editorials. I think more. we still need to to develop um the brand and the collection a little bit more before we get to that stage because I feel like you get one shot as some of the people we want to we want to go for. I mean, we've had features already. Yeah, we've had um, features. Already. I, I, I completely agree. I think if you're going to yeah. do it, like you have, yeah, you have one shot, right? Yeah. Like, so you want people to see an established kind of the best you know, you. precisely yeah, Instagram yeah. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. So that's that's where we want to get to. I think with a point where the brand is like a certain level, because um, we have all the contacts there to 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 reach the people we want to reach. But in terms of, as well, in terms of stockers, so that's where we want to go. We want to physically go into a store and you can buy a Polonia. But again, with that, we, we know pretty much everyone in terms of stockers, the big guys like yourself, Jersey, you have Nick, so blah, blah, blah. But again, it is one shot with them. And I don't want to go to them like a half-baked cookie. I want it to be like the real deal. So yeah, stockists, more visibility, more collaborations that we discussed as well in terms of giving young and up-and-coming artists a platform. And yeah, just introducing more product categories as well. Because I think at the minute we we do what we have really, really well in terms of like hoodies and t-shirts and caps. We released women's uh, quite recently. That was our first foray into women's. And yeah, just more product categories as well. I think that's the most important thing for us. And how how are you guys juggling your day jobs with trying to grow a brand? I mean, are you? I guess you, you can be as full on or, or not as, as you want. I mean, in terms of the side hustle, how you, how you you know, how are you dealing with that? You know, you kind of mentioned that you had a bit of a burnout this summer. Like, is it is it something that you know, it's kind of you, you you meet up every now and again? Or, you know, what's how are you managing kind of the duality of, of a day job and building a brand? It's incredibly tough. I don't think many people speak about how difficult it is doing your passion on the side and having your nine to five. So obviously nine to five is your income. That's what pays your bills. And the side hustle is your, your passion. But I think if you love it enough, you're willing to die for it, if I'm honest with you. And I think if you do not have that attitude, then what's the point? Why Why are you doing it? But personally for me, I've had to take a step back recently just because my day job has been overwhelming, like beyond overwhelming. I've had numerous projects come into my plate that I feel like I can't give a balloon of the attention that it deserves right now. But thank God I have an amazing... Uh, uh, Matt and I have amazing Fahi on my side to kind of still to carry the, the torch but yeah it is super super hard it really is hard I think one of the most important things is I think you have to be organised 100% you really have to you have to know what's coming you really have to know what you want what it is that you want to do but yeah man I can't stress enough just how difficult it is 
Yeah, and to add to that, I would say while when I was self-employed, there was obviously the startup business stuff that you need to do. Um, and I did a lot of business class training with Bedfordshire University, um, Wentar. I'm part of NatWest Accelerated Growth Hub as well. So we're still part of them now. Um, so I went through all that training of like, you know, how to run a business, how to do a cash flow forecast. I, I did all of it, how to do taxes, how to... Um, how to trademark your designs. So I got all that stuff out of the way first. So, you know, we don't need to worry about that in the future. So I got the nitty gritty stuff out of the way. So we know, you know, how to handle certain things. Um, so I think that kind of made our life easier now rather than worrying about that currently. Um, it's, it's just the minor things in terms of fulfilling orders, making sure the website's on scratch, the SEO is working, the social media is fine. Um, that's just kind of like the day-to-day -day stuff. And luckily, because there's three of us, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. If there's a time where, you know, John needs to go off the map for like a couple of weeks, he lets us know and he tells us, same with Matt, same with me. I'll be like, look, guys, I've got a really busy couple of weeks. Can you please look after this, this and this? Just brief them on whatever, copy them into emails, and then we'll just go from there. That's great. And I think to have that support, you know, is is awesome. And then, and you hear it a lot, you know, there's a lot of people, I mean, not there's, there's three co-founders with you guys, but... Um, you know, people are just saying, you know, being a sole founder is super tough and always kind of having, you know, at least another co-founder so that you can share that kind of that excitement. But that also kind of that's that kind of stress of, of of growing something, you know, from scratch is, is, is a big, big thing. And, and also to kind of reiterate that point you made, I, I think a lot of people that are creative or, you know, the passion is in is in the design and the brand and, and, all, and all that. But you do have to do the boring part of business management and mm. stuff. And I think sometimes some some young people don't think they need to do that and then they get stuck, you know. Don't get me wrong, we still get like business management every month. So yeah. NatWest bring us in, the Accelerator Hub. Um, we've got a business manager called Penny Layton and she basically looks after us. And, and it's basically like a one hour counseling session in the sense of, you know, what have you been doing this month? How's it gone? How can we help improve it? So we're still doing the little steps of improving our business. We're not resting on our laurels at all. We, we still go to business classes and stuff like that every single month where possible. So I will take half a day from work or work from home and then go to the Accelerator Hub and, you know, do that stuff as well. And building on that, um, how do you keep yourself motivated? You know, do you have a certain kind of routine during the week? You know, do you have specific times of day that you love to work? You're more productive. How do you, how do you keep motivated and productive? For me, it's a Sunday. Sunday is like my kind of Apollonian day where I at least spend the entire day looking at things that inspire me. So I look at like, oh my God, so many brands, so many brands, so many visual references. And I think that for me is like needed. It's like a nice little like break, like a nice little treat for myself, like a visual visual treat for my eyes. So I think, yeah, Sunday is like my day to get away from it because my, my week, my Monday, Friday is so intense. Obviously my Saturday is like my time to do whatever I want to do. And how, how are you doing that? Is that, is that, you know, is that a combination of Instagram, magazines, looking at websites, going to stores, going to the museums? Like, what is it all the above? Or, is it, you know, what? how do you get your inspiration? Like, what type of formats? The great thing is a lot of my friends work in fashion PR. A lot of my friends work in art. So a lot of my friends actually do send me quite a lot of things. Oh, you might like this. What nice. do you think about this? And obviously, I think with my job, it's quite nice because I get to see amazing exhibitions which is super cool as well and some of my friends are photographers so it is I wouldn't say it's like one one particular port that I pull into like right cool I'm going to go for this and obviously Tumblr is phenomenal I think people need to give Tumblr the credit that it deserves it's amazing but I try not to go direct to Instagram I think that is no offense it's quite a lazy thing to do because then you have everything at your fingertips and it doesn't really challenge your mind to look at 
images and references that, are, that truly spark something in your imagination. And physical magazines, like especially archive magazines, like old magazines of the face from the 90s, like interview magazines from ages ago, I think those are really quite nice. And also like the physical touch of a magazine. I don't really like read digital magazines or like anything online. I'm not really a massive fan. Um, so I like things that, yeah, you can't really find on the internet. Do you have any little kind of hacks in terms of, you know, is it in that kind of scrapbook mentality? Mm. Is it taking photos or doing stuff in, you know, putting stuff in your notes or sketching? Like what would be some of your hacks in the way that you're kind of um, mentally processing your inspiration? I take pictures of everything. Yeah. My my camera roll is a mess. My camera yeah. roll is probably like... <laughs> Digital scrapbook. <laughs> literally. My camera roll is like 50% memes and like 50% things that I think I would go back and look at and be like, wow, that was really cool. I'll pick that up. Like there was a t-shirt that um, uh, we designed recently it was like, remember it was the the, the Greco-Roman situation? Remember the mm-hmm, pink one? Mm-hmm. That was super cool. But there was an early reference image, I think from like four years ago. I was just deleting stuff from my camera roll. And I was like, wow, that is super dope. And then I picked that up and I made this like phenomenal design. That like even I was like, rah, like this is sick, you know? But then if I hadn't had that reference image, I would never have got into the point that I am here. So I think I try not to throw things away. I'm a hoarder. Like if you come to my house, I've now got like thousands of magazines, like everywhere just like stacking up. So I wouldn't say there is a particular hack that works for everyone. I think you tailor it to what works for you, if I'm honest with you. Um, but that doesn't know that works for me. I don't know what works for you. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the split of what I do, like John likes to work on weekends. I use my weekends to chill and relax. So I make sure to cram everything in Monday to Friday. So with that being the nine to five or Apollonia or my self-employed stuff, like everything is purely night, like Monday to Friday. I get everything done. And then Saturday and Sunday is my time to rest. In terms of research and hacks and stuff, I'm more of a physical person. So I'll walk around and I people watch. I'm always looking at the way people wear their clothes, the fit, the colours that people are use- wearing. Sorry, um, Print as well. So if I go to a shop and I see a design that I really like, I'll walk inside the shop and touch it just to see what type of print is it. Is it direct to garment? Is it screen printed? Is it vinyl? I'm always really intrigued. And that's just kind of the way I work. There's obviously the times where... I'm inspired online and I'll screenshot things um, and kind of work on ideas around that. But in general, what I do is completely different to John, which is, again, I think why we work so well. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. Um, It's a big question, but I just was thinking then, I mean, in terms because you are seeing a lot of independent brands. It's like the rise of the indie, right? Mm. Which is fantastic. Um, and I've got a good understanding as to what you're doing and how you're cutting through. Obviously, it's the quality and, and, and you know, the way you're branding and, and being ethical and, and all that. Um, but from an industry perspective, you know, do you, are we still going to have the McQueens and the Louis Vuittons in, in like 50 years' time? Or, or do we think it's like the, the indie is going to completely kind of you know, mass saturate and, and that's the the new thing. You know, where do you think it's going? You know, I think now obviously there's been a big rise in, in kind of streetwear aesthetic and stuff like that. I mean, how do you think the industry is going to evolve? Mm, are you talking about luxury or talking about streetwear? Because there's a two. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you tell me your take. I mean, it's like... I, the answer could be, you know, the, the big fashion houses have been around here for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, you know, fashion has always has always been a thing. I'm just really interested, like, you know, in a, in a forward thinking type kind of conversation. It is the rise of the indie now, partly because it is like, a, um, you know, I guess technology has democratized everything. You have yeah. the access, the accessibility to, um, 
you know, sell stuff through Instagram or, or get inspiration worldwide. People can travel for cheap, you know. Mm. So I'm just, maybe it's a more broader question, but how do you think maybe the industry is going to evolve? That's a, good, that's a huge question. Um, if you look in terms of, I think, I don't know, personally, I feel like fashion is a representation of the times. And the way that you dress says how much respect you have for yourself and how much respect you have for you as well. So I feel like in terms, if you go look at luxury, I think the majority of the, the houses that are right at the top of the game have been here for a super long time. I think they will always be here. But I think, personally, for me, the way that luxury houses communicate to the consumer needs to change. I don't like this kind of, I mean, I think the Supreme LV collection, I think that broke the mold. And I think streetwear is no longer a dirty word. Streetwear is, it kind of is, it's meshing with yeah. luxury in a sort of way. But I think in terms of the indie side of things, I think because the world is smaller, because you have your Instagram, because you have these other platforms, I think there is just way too much choice. It's, it's overwhelming yeah. in terms of the choice people have that I, I think something's got to give at a certain point. I think it can't continue. Like, it's not sustainable. And I also think as well, bricks and mortar stores, I don't think they'll exist soon. I think you, moving forward, you're going to look at augmented reality. That I think that is where we're going. So you have, I don't know, you have a VAR, something projecting in your house, and then you're able to, to navigate the store that way. And I think the most important thing now for brands is experience. That is like the key word. That's what everyone wants. Everyone wants to radiate an experience in terms of their brand. So yeah, I think, yeah, bricks and mortar stores will die. It's a tricky one though. I mean, I, I agree. And I, I think one of the things with bricks and mortar, I'd say is that maybe all like the regional stores go away, but it would make sense for Burberry to have a flagship mm. in London. Um, the AR thing, I think it's controversial because especially for a luxury brand and kind of what you were saying, Fahi, in terms of the touch and the feel of the material. You know, I guess if you're an avid luck shopper you kind of know the brands inside out and the quality of the materials that they use but if i'm looking at something that's digital i don't know how it feels i don't know how heavy it is on my body i don't know kind of how soft it is so i think it's a it's a weird one yeah 100 percent. and another thing we've not picked up on is subscription services um nike nike are going to start trialing out subscription yeah with their clothing so subscription is massive now and i think it's only going to grow and i have no idea how that's going to work with fashion but there's going to be a way of incorporating that. And it, it could be based on, you know, the type of styles you want to go for that summer, that winter, mm -hmm. and then they kind of send you recommendations and then you send back what you don't want. But I think subscription is also going to be something else that's going to come through as time goes on. Well, sadly, guys, that's come to the end of our episode. It's been so interesting to learn about Apollonia and kind of the vision for the brand. And I think it's great, you know, how you guys are working out as a team. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be watching. Um, hope to cop some of your merchandise soon and and yeah thanks so much guys uh really appreciate it okay, thank you for having us on thanks for oh time. quickly oh. before what are the social Let's channels plug yeah <laughs> so um instagram is apollonia.studios a-p-o-l-l-o-n-i-a dot studios uh twitter is apollonia underscore st um, we've got a Spotify now as well. Yeah, Spotify's Apollonia Studios. Follow that. We have new music every Tuesday, actually, on Spotify. Sweet. Yeah. Right, round two. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, so much. Thanks for listening. I hope this podcast can intrigue, inspire, and provide some key tips and tricks for a lot of people. I would really appreciate your help to grow the community. If you know anyone that you think would enjoy this podcast, then please send it their way. And if you can subscribe and leave a review, it would mean so much and it really supports the show. 
Thank you and see you next week.